Welcome to the Digital Workplace Podcast. These are conversations with CEOs of digital companies, thought leaders, and solution providers about how you can become a level five digital workplace. For the show notes and transcript of this episode, go to thedigitalworkplace.com. Welcome back to the Digital Workplace Podcast. Today, our guest is J.D. Miller. He is the Chief Revenue Officer for Modus. Hi, J.D. How's it going today? Great. Thanks for having me, Neil. Yeah, I'm very excited to have you on today for many reasons. One is just have a great culture that uh, I learned about at Modus, and I'm excited to talk more about that. Second, you're a CRO, which we don't usually talk to uh, with this show, so it's going to be great to get your perspective on the culture you've built within your sales and marketing team. And then you are also very interesting because you've been studying virtual communication since back in the mid-90s, which is great. So I'm really excited about this. Yeah. um, So chief revenue officer is uh, someone who runs sales and marketing or really all revenue generating functions for a company. Uh, Today, I work at Modus, which is a a B2B software company that uh, decided to go fully virtual, not only during the coronavirus pandemic, but also uh, for the rest of our future. Um, And I come to it uh, from a long history of sales. Uh, I actually got into sales when uh, being a lawyer didn't work out for me. Uh, So through a series of coincidences, I wound up with a PhD in virtual communication. Now, that doesn't happen by coincidence, J.D., I don't think. You know, just randomly (laughs) show up with a PhD. You know, it was it was really a time when I uh, was expecting to go to law school. I did an internship um, in the White House uh, back in the 90s, in the Clinton White House, when I realized that the lawyers weren't having a ton of fun. And so <laughs> not knowing what to do, uh, my, my graduate department said, uh, why don't you come back and work on a master's in communication? So uh, my advisor was looking at how communities form online. Again, it was the late 90s, so the internet was first starting. Uh, so we were kind of looking at how does how does um, community form in the physical world? And then how does that translate to the virtual world? Um, And so I finished a master's in that. I got a job at a dot-com doing that work and then kept publishing about the the work that I was doing, which ultimately led to the PhD. Which is fascinating. Do you feel like that world of the internet, do you feel like that was like the pure days when it was like native and nothing had tainted everything? Or is it pretty much the same thing just scaled up to what it was back then? You know, it's really interesting how things have evolved. So you know, in the 90s, when we were studying groups online, we were looking at discussion boards. Uh, so a lot like what you'd see on like a, a Reddit forum today and trying to figure out how do people, you know, create community, create trust, stuff like that. Um, you know, Web 2.0 came where, you know, really social media and the ability to build profiles and Twitter and, you know, all of that kind of stuff really grew. And now today, the web is all about video conferencing. So, you know, how do you take groups of people and, and have online meetings? How do you do full-blown work uh, in virtual communities? So you know, it's the same underpinnings of technology, but you know, the way communication has evolved has shifted from basic typing and text at each other to a, a much richer form of working together. Well, well, let's talk about Modus and some of the transitions you guys have done. In terms of like back in the day, which is like March of 2020, we'll always remember this, when we they had this mass experiment of working from home. We tried to pick up everything in the office and like cram it into screens and like cram it into different places. And we said, okay, we did it. Like we made the leap. We're, we're digital now. But what do you think got dropped in that transition that we didn't realize, oh shoot, we that's on the floor. We didn't pick that up. What are those areas that companies first started to see struggles in and are, are really seeing big effects of that now? Yeah. So I, I should first of all talk about kind of what Modus was doing before the day, uh, because I think we were probably an innovator or a leader um, 
back at the time that Modus had always had a work anywhere culture. And so although we did have um, physical offices in Boston and, you know, Chicago and, you know, places across the country, um, we always told our employees, we expect that we hired great knowledge workers. We know that you know what your goals are. And so we never had a nine to five work schedule and we never had a, you must be in the, be in the office for these meetings. Um, so we had been sort of pre-equipped, you know, my office in Chicago had, you know, a, a really full-blown video conferencing system that made it really easy for anyone to pop open a web browser and start a virtual meeting, um, you know, pre-pandemic. Uh, so for us, when the pandemic hit, we, we really, it was a simpler conversation for our employees just saying, we're shutting down the office. Um, and, you know, all the things we've been doing kind of in that work anywhere, work anytime virtual mode, you know, kind of translated. But, you know, I think when people make that transition, a, a lot of the things you have to be intentional about is how do you create community? And, you know, when when you're in a physical office, often it's the kitchen and the, you know, the virtual water cooler or, you know, the drink in the bar and the lobby of your, your office at the end of the day, uh, where people form these sort of, um, you know, loose ties with, with one another. Um, and if you're not thinking intentionally about that in the virtual environment, um, it, it has effects over the long term. Um, you and I can have a little bit of trust with one another uh, for a little bit of time. But if I haven't invested in the kind of relationship development um, over the long term, and if all that we ever do is talk about work and our task list, um, you know, that's that's the piece that I think a lot of organizations are finding they, they're struggling with now that they're six, eight months into fully working virtually. And you've got this mix up of, of people who've worked together for many years who are figuring out, okay, how do we have those same relationships in the digital world? And then now you have new people who are joining in that have no prior relationship with other people. And the only connection they have is maybe through screens and virtual. So how can people navigate those things, both those old relationships and the new ones trying to bring people in? I mean, anyway, it was always hard to like sometimes bring new people into your team if you have clicks and different things going on. But how can we overcome those things in a virtual way? Yeah. Well, it's it's actually being intentional about creating meetings that have a bit of of social to them. Um, you know, I'm getting ready for our, our national sales meeting, which usually we would be flying, you know, hundreds of people to Chicago for three or four days of sales training, you know, an annual kickoff, um, you know, all the kind of structured work. And then we would also be having lunches and dinners and, and offsite events. Um, and so when we're doing that in a fully virtual world, uh, we need to think about how do we not just take the the really obvious things like, oh yeah, the training is going to be online, but how do you actually also recreate those interactions and in, that would have happened in the lobby of a hotel and make that work for yourself too? Um, and so, you know, it's, it's really, you know, trying to create experiences that people can have that way. Now, I think when we're through the pandemic, I imagine that, you know, Modus, although we're probably not going to reinvest in real estate, um, we're going to redirect those funds into culture. And we will have, you know, new higher classes that, you know, go to a ranch in Colorado for a week to get to know one another. Um, but until it's safe to do that, it's it's really being intentional about, you know, how do you create just social events online as well and, and weave that into a bigger story. Yeah, I'm really interested in, in what companies are going to add back in once it is safe to, you know, move about the cabin and, and get around and see people again. Like, yeah, will it be like before just with a little bit more virtual or will it be fully virtual with a little more physical? And it's nice to see different options that are out there. 
Yeah. Well, and I think, you know, I think there's a lot that can be done with hybrid events. You know, and we talk about being a fully virtual company. Uh, we've realized that the amount of money we spent on real estate, uh, it was the second bit biggest expense we had as a company after our people. And that real estate investment has been sitting completely idle uh, for the last couple of months. Now, just before the pandemic, we had flown everyone in the company to the East Coast for a two or three day all company meeting. Um, and we hear people talk about the, that event as, you know, one of the milestone moments in their career hmm. where they met colleagues and, you know, and do that. So, so when we think about, you know, getting back to a, a safer place to travel, we're really talking a lot about how do we create those same sort of mountaintop experiences for our employees where, you know, you're not going to go to an office Monday through Friday every day, but maybe once a month, we're going to have an all company get together. Uh, and maybe we're going to fly the whole company to Tahiti, or, you know, maybe we're going to have a, a, a new hire training in, you know, Colorado or, you know, something that people are going to remember, enjoy, um, and kind of have loyalty for their company. Um, but it's a great redirection of the same dollars you would have spent on a physical space. Yeah. Creating those, those moments, those milestones. I feel like that's, that's much harder to do in a visual or a virtual space when you're in a location, like a Tahiti, like a Colorado, like you feel it, you're using all those senses and it just imprints itself on your mind. Whereas in a virtual world, you really, you got, you got the audio and you got the visual. It's all you got. Um, so it's harder to do that. Well, and you've got you've got uh, you know UPS as well. So we're working really closely with a um, an event planning uh, group, a CNS Consulting Group, who I had used to put together a lot of my fiscal events in the past, and they've really helped us structure sort of these hybrid things. So I had a meeting about a month ago um, that it was a two day meeting. And we identified a place um, in California, it was during the California wildfires, that would be sort of our virtual host. And so, you know, this was a, a, a female-owned winery. Uh, they had suffered a lot of um, fire damage from the wildfires. So their wine production was going to be, you know, lower for the rest of the year. And we said, you know, what, what would it be like for you to be the host of our thing without us coming to you. So during our two days of meetings, we kept having these, you know, small break-offs where for 10 minutes, the woman who owned the winery came in and said, you know, here's my fields and let me teach you about that. Or, you know, let me show you how we actually make wine. And we were able to send, you know, samples of the wine and samples of the stuff to all of our meeting participants. So it wasn't just in the screen, you know, we're, we're FedExing stuff around a lot so that, yes, you know, it would have been great to actually physically be in the vineyard with her, but also to have some of that sitting at home with you, you, you felt almost as good as, as being there. And then I think about the future, you know, I think there will be a time, it's not going to be a light switch that we just turn on and we're all going to put a hundred people back in a room together again. But, you know, what's that hybrid time going to look like where maybe I could have had six people in that vineyard and maybe I could have had six people somewhere else and, and still be sort of remote, uh, distanced in a safe way and, and have a virtual experience. But kind of blur the lines of it. Yeah, I love that. And especially about the community involvement angle of it, because now when you're in a work from anywhere situation, it's like, you're not necessarily supporting little league teams anymore. Like you don't have like, hey, we're all from this one place. We're all Scranton people. And we all do this one thing. Like we're spread out across the world or across the country. But how can we still be involved in these local pockets of community and still take care of the people around us and, and recognize that our work has a local impact as well as a global one? 
Yeah. Well, so, you know, Modus has always had a pretty strong philanthropic arm uh, to what we do as well. And, and as a company, we budget every year, you know, specific outreach into the communities that we live and work in. Um, it's been interesting this year that, you know, through virtual meetings, I've wound up having these, you know, virtual hosts that's a small family owned, you know, chocolate shop in Chicago that, you know, there's no tourists walking around downtown Chicago buying their chocolate. Um, but again, how can I have them drop in and, and create something that's interesting for my meeting attendees? That's not just a meeting, um, but also how can I spend a significant amount of money supporting a local business and making that work? And so, you know, as we think about next year, you know, again, we're putting our philanthropic lens on and, and thinking about, um, you know, where are the other places that are suffering? The arts is a big one. You know, all the Chicago's got a pretty big theater scene. Um, and all of the big downtown theaters are shuttered for a good long time. You know, what would it be like to, first of all, provide an experience that, you know, my sales meeting is in one of these, you know, architectural gems, you know, when you only have a camera you're taking around, we can, quote, bring, you know, my hundred plus participants backstage or into a scene shop or into, you know, a tiny light booth, give them that kind of experience, but also, you know, buoy an economy or buoy you know, some workers who, you know, desperately need it today. Yeah, yeah. We were talking earlier with Sean Hoff, who runs kind of a virtual engagement for company type things. And he was saying like, now's a great time to, he's been hiring actors to do some scenes for him and, and some of the things like that. It's, it's great to engage in that way too. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. So JD, you were saying that, you know, Modus was kind of ahead of the curve beforehand, offering some of these perks that's work from anywhere, the kind of flexible work timings. Now that it seems like most companies have been forced up into that realm, what is Modus doing to stay ahead of that curve and to make sure that you, you're continually kind of that employer of choice? Um, you know, I like that you say employer of choice because it is ultimately driven by uh, a, a a competition for great talent. We wound up in Work Anywhere years ago because we knew that the best and the brightest didn't want to be constrained by the walls of, you know, a, of a traditional office and a traditional nine to five job. And we realized that, you know, if you make room for people to be able to do, you know, mix their work in life, whatever it is, you know, whether it's it's kids that you've got to go, you know, see a pageant in the middle of the day for, or maybe you're you know, you're a passionate triathlete and you want to go to the gym and train for an hour in the middle of the day. You know, when you can shape the work life around, you know, what else is happening in people's lives, um, you can attract better talent. You know, the other part of it is um, when you get beyond the walls of a physical office, you can recruit talent from across the country, across the world. And so find truly the best person to do the job than not. Um, so how do we stay ahead of the curve today? You know, first of all, it's it's realizing that um, virtual work isn't just trying to replicate. Here's what we did in the office, and now we need to figure out how to make it work um, in an online place. It's actually how can you make the best of all the features and functionality that online work provides you for. So that you know, for us, that's you know having you know more diverse teams from broader geographies that you know bring kind of the best and the best across. Um, that that we wouldn't have done before, um, but it's also started to think about what can technology enable that you just couldn't physically do in an office. Um, I know you guys have. Uh, I was looking on your your blog. You have this five levels of a digital workplace, um, and you start to talk about work from anywhere as you know not not a second choice or you know second best, but actually an intentional choice because you know suddenly you can have truly distributed management or you can you know truly 
um, you know, maximize the benefits of the environment you're in instead of just trying to make it look like the office, but at home. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. So trying to get beyond just the replication and try to find, hey, this is actually better in some ways and we don't have to just make it what it was before, but really find some new uses for it. I like that. Yeah. Katie, let's talk about the impact that digital work and specifically this kind of forward-thinking mindset that you have, what's the impact on people who've been historically oppressed in the past? Do these new opportunities just make it easier for people who are already ahead to get farther ahead? Or is it opening up new opportunities? And specifically, like in, in your experience with Modus and other people you're aware of, like what's the real impact being? Yeah, you know, this this is a topic that I'm doing a lot of thinking about, and I don't know that I have a, a, a pithy answer, uh, but I can see multiple sides of this. When I'm not at MODIS, um, I lead a, I'm the president of the board of a homeless organization in Chicago. Um, and during the pandemic, we're seeing, you know, a big increase in need for our, our homeless services. And, you know, a lot of people have been put out of work and, and things like that. Um, for the low wage earners uh, or for, you know, the families that maybe had kids in schools, um, that you know now it's it's supposed to be teleworking, but you don't have internet in your house, or you don't you don't have a laptop. You know there is a bit of a divide that you know the digital divide is making it more and more difficult for you know the poorest of the poor, or or you know people who already weren't on you know sort of the to use an old term information superhighway. On the other hand, um, at Modus, what I'm finding is that when I go recruit, and we've been hiring a ton. Um, when I recruit, I'm able to recruit talent from, you know, towns and cities and communities that um, that a lot a lot of times are overlooked for tech jobs because all you need is a is a you know an internet connection and uh, you know you can work anywhere and be part of our team really well. So that's working really really well. The place I haven't quite figured out yet, and this isn't specifically what I'm seeing in my job, but just in general is I'm thinking a lot about Zoom meetings. And I'm thinking about, um, you know, when you look at the background of, of, you know, someone's home office, suddenly you're getting a lot more insight into their family and their personal life that you didn't get when you went into an office. And so if I was struggling to survive or if I, you know, am a single parent or if I live in a, a you know, an apartment that's, you know, not as, as posh as yours, um, a lot of that was hidden when I was at, when I was at work. And suddenly, you know, you start to see a little bit more of people's personal lives kind of bleeding through the edges of the Zoom. Um, and so that's a place I'm really curious to see what happens is, uh, you know, how do, we, how do we bridge the wall between public life and private life? And, and how, do we, how do we manage our self-disclosure um, in a different way? Yeah, I think that's a great topic to think through because if you already had a stable life, if you already had a stable house, you already had a stable internet connection, that was already there, then this transition probably was not difficult. Maybe you have more kids running around and different things. But if you're in a situation where you're sharing a home with many different people, it's a small place, small location, like that may just make it even harder to get about that. So I think we need to always have the empathetic ear out and say, yeah, this is working for me, but is it working for everybody? And is, are there things that don't have to be there that we can we can take away and create opportunities for these? So I'm glad that you're thinking about that. And that's a very important topic. Yeah, and I, I'm thinking a lot about just this issue of self-disclosure as well. So um, I'm a member of the LGBT community. And I wrote a blog this summer during Pride Month about 50% of U.S. workers are not out to their coworkers. And, you know, they make that decision for a lot of different reasons. But... Um, 
that's something when you go into a physical office, it's easy to kind of leave the private life at home. Suddenly, if I'm at home and sharing a home office with my husband, you know, now it's it's less easy to maintain those boundaries. And, you know, I think a lot of people have all boundaries, and it may not even be something that, you know, big and earth shattering, but, um, you know, how do you present yourself at work and how do you separate your private life? Um, you know, we're a bit, we're a bit more blurred as a, as a result of the technology. Um, and so I think that's going to be a new frontier for, you know, inclusion and diversity and all sorts of issues. Well, definitely. Well, speaking of new frontiers, as someone who's been on the frontier of these topics for a long time, now we're all kind of looking to people like you to say, Hey, what's come up next? Like, what are the next challenges that you're excited that you get to tackle? Yeah, so I mean, we're we're recording this a couple of days after uh, the announcement that there are vaccines coming for Corona, and so I think as an organization, a, a lot of people are going to have to decide. We've had this, in, you know, by the time it's out, let's say a year experience of what virtual officing looks like, um, and now instead of it being something that's forced on us, it's a question of is it something that we want to continue? Um, and I think there are some organizations like Modus that would say. Yep, we love it and we get the benefits of it and that's our future. And I think there are a lot of organizations that are itching for the time that they go, you know, quote, back to work and, and kind of throw out the, the, uh, the lessons that we've learned over the year. You know, I think the most innovative companies are, are going to probably land in a hybrid where, you know, they've, there are benefits that you get when you're physically in a room together. Um, and there are a lot of neat benefits that you get um, from, from digital sorts of things. And so, I think that the the leading organizations are going to be on the the vanguard of how do you how do you provide both, um, and maybe instead of having you know four floors of an office, maybe I've got one floor of an office somewhere that's that's more of a hub can die, you know drop into and have you know a, a, a boardroom meeting or a meet a client or something like that, um, but also really investigate invest in the the digital experience outside and make that just as vibrant for employees and partners and customers as well. Um, so I think it's, I, I think, I think the short answer is it's, it's how do you create hybrid environments going forward? Yeah. And do you think there are some organizations that have like a director of remote or, or something like that? Like whose position does that fall in? Because I wouldn't expect necessarily the, the CRO or somebody who's leading sales to be making that call. Like who is going to do that? Is it going to be just individual department heads who say, Hey, this is what works for my team. Or is there going to be like a strategic decision across the whole organization? You know, I think it can be everywhere, um, but I think it starts with all of the executives of the organization kind of defining what is your culture. Um, and if as an organization, you think culturally, we're embracing a, dig- a digital workplace, um, then there's a lot of, you know, arms of how that plays out. You know, certainly IT has a big role to play in making sure everyone's equipped and able to get online. HR has a big role to make sure that people's home offices are set up appropriately, and you know they've been given a stipend and a you know support for for having a, a truly vibrant home office. Um, as the head of sales, I hire organization than anyone else. You know, a, a third of our employees are salespeople in some way, shape, or form, um, and so certainly I have a big cultural voice in in you know kind of declaring how a big chunk of our employees are going to work. Um, so. You know, do I think there's going to be a chief remote work officer? I'm not totally sure. Um, I, I do think it needs at least one advocate, but I think I think the best is if actually the whole C-suite, you know, 
is in line with one another on the value of it. And then we all advocate in our own ways for, for making it happen. For sure. Makes a lot of sense. JD, thanks for being on the show. We appreciate you coming on, sharing what you've learned throughout the many years you've been involved in this. Uh, if people want to learn more about you or Modus, where should they go? So you can find me on my website. It's jdmillerphd.com. Uh, and that'll connect you to all my social media. I'm on Twitter and Facebook and LinkedIn and all the rest of it. Excellent. Well, that's great. We'll put that in the show notes. It's been fun to chat with you and we look forward to staying in touch. Great. Thanks for having me, Neil. This has been the Digital Workplace Podcast. If you liked it, please take a minute to leave a review wherever you find Go to thedigitalworkplace.com and sign up for our twice-a-month newsletter. It keeps you up to date on the best ways to build a level 5 digital workplace. Music for the show is provided by City of Sound. I'm your host, Neil Miller. Keep moving forward.